0: Marco,
1: Sean, are we there yet?
0: Yeah, we are there yet. We're on, the, we're on the road to San Francisco via Washington D.C. Wow. <laughs> we're doing a we're doing a flyover. All right.
1: but, uh, now, nowadays, with uh, digital and virtual, you That's you can right. do a lot of uh, crazy stuff you couldn't be doing <laughs> exactly. years ago.
0: Exactly. So we're gonna we're we're gonna take a pause in in the Capitol. and. Uh, and talk about the, the role of, of uh, the board in driving cybersecurity programs. And the first thing that comes to mind, Marco, is let's look to, uh, to government agencies for advice on that. We, we, <laughs> we, we share information, threat information, we share standards, but somehow I feel, is my own perspective, I, I feel we fail to ask uh, department leaders in government, how do you look at, Security programs. How do you look at insider threats? How do you look at? And I think there's a lot to the gain uh, in the public sector. Sorry, the private Absolutely. sector. From the it's public all co- sector, <laughs> it's all con-
1: it's all connected. You know, you it can't is. just think in in silos. And I think we've learned that in cybersecurity quite a bit. So uh, let's do that. Let's talk about that.
0: Let's let's talk about that. So this is in connection to a panel uh, that our guest is host uh, moderating, I should say. RSA conference uh, coming up, and uh, Dana Lynette, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Good to good to meet you. Good to chat with you.
2: Thank you, Shauna Marco. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: And uh, hopefully, I pronounced your name right. But now is your chance to correct me. <laughs> Dana you...
2: Lynette, yeah. <laughs> Dana
0: Lynette, there you go. Um, as you share a bit about who you are and and your journey, I know there's a lot there. So please. Please take your time to talk about your different experiences and different lives, uh, all leading up to to this point.
2: Yeah, no, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here, and I mean, in the setup, we talk about you. You talked about how we could glean a lot from government, but actually, I think, as you mentioned, government and the private sector have a lot of offer have a lot to offer one another, and the key is taking the best practices and advice from all sides and coming up with something that. Is you know going to work? I, you know, we cannot work as a country if our companies are constantly at risk, and that's not a government problem; that's a private sector problem. But yeah, I can share some of the fun highlights from my career if you want to hear a couple of tales. <laughs>
0: please, please do, please do. I, I often say I, I I go back to when I was hatched. But you, <laughs> you can go back as far as you like.
2: No, hatching is not that important. But uh, I mean, you mentioned my. Uh, my past life. In my past life, I was a U.S. diplomat and I first became a government CISO and ISSO, Information system Security Officer. Uh, it was baptism by fire in 2000. I was assigned overseas and the State Department budget had been starved for decades. So we didn't have any of the IT systems personnel that we needed for all of the places. So they trained regular diplomats like political officers and economic officers and so on to become ISSOs and CISOs. And that befell to me. um, I had to be trained on how to become a network, a network CISO and ISSO. And I thought, gee, is that what I signed up for? Um, Not really, but it was really great, uh, really great learning. Um, And back then, obviously the tools were not as sophisticated and the threats were not as pervasive, but they were there nonetheless. Um, but also because the budgets were starved. Um, The fund didn't stop there. I also got to be the, you know, we didn't have a regional security officer or any intel officers. So then they threw a couple extra hats on me on top of that. So I had all of the security operations at my overseas consulate from cyber to counter surveillance to counter terrorism and so on. And those were really wild times. I'm glad they have since gotten the budget to hire the right people um, but, you know, because of that uh, budget starvation, it really wasn't that great on our national security.
0: And, and before you move on, <laughs> forgive my English, sure. is it, was that the early days of what is now known as CISA?
2: No, this was or, in the Department oh, of different. State. We had our own like CIO infrastructure. It was okay. run out of the um, IRM Bureau. The CIO of the State Department runs their information management systems. Um, they, yes, they too will be on Zero Trust and all the other cloud lockdowns and so on. But those were the early days of cyber, you know, when we did have, you know, things happening, but they were not quite on the scale. Um, well,
1: I have to make an observation here because it seems to me that every time we have conversation about cybersecurity, we're always like, well, we finally learned that it's not just a tech issue. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we, we not only because of the gap in the industry, because we need to talk and tell stories to the board and connect the business and, and everything else, we see that there is value in all background, right? I mean, psychology, philosophy, political science, policy, and everything. In a way, I'm thinking like when this happened to you and you've been like, what do I have to do with this? And but it's kind of like foreseen what now we are we're actually embracing. So some thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I have to say sometimes things happen for a reason. But back then, (laughs) you know, we're a very, you know, you, you take your orders, as long as they're lawful, you do them to the best of your ability. So I saw it as a real opportunity because I like technology and I had my own consulting company um, you know, before I was a diplomat. So I, you know, I really loved all those sort of early adoptions of all the little things. Remember ICQs you know, mm-hmm. and instant messaging back then and all the fun <laughs> things. So I was very attracted to the tech side and I felt grateful that through this horrible circumstances, I was given the opportunity to do that. And then subsequently, you know, and throughout my whole career, you know, later on, my next tour after that, I was a a political military officer in Estonia. And the Estonians were actively getting hacked and stuff by the Russians. The Russians and the Chinese were all targeting me by then as well. And it was pretty obvious. We, you know, we we sussed out pretty quickly what was going on. Um, But I had the opportunity to help them spear. I spearheaded the U.S., uh, support back in 2004 for the establishment of the NATO Cybersecurity Center of Excellence, where we could, you know, get the Estonian, um, you know, their advanced IT and their mindset and their learnings from all of this and get that into the NATO um, ecosystem and get the information sharing going among allies. Because, you know, back then they were a new member. They joined in 2004 and by 2008 they had opened the NATO Cybersecurity Center of Excellence. So again, I felt serendipitously grateful for, you know, being able to stand up this, this teaching institution and this information sharing institution that was benefiting not just our country or Estonia, but the whole NATO alliance. That was a huge opportunity.
0: And can I, can I pause you there? Sure. I I know... I know just enough to be dangerous about some of this stuff.
2: <laughs> Most people that, that are, Sean. So <laughs> <there. laughs>
0: That's right. But because you, you said the word learning, mm-hmm. right? And, and so I want to hone in on that a bit with this uh, center of excellence because, uh, yeah, the, the attacks were digital in Estonia, and it wasn't just targeting government entities. It was also targeting financial systems and, and other things like that. And to your point earlier, if our Businesses can't survive; the country can't either. So, anything obviously don't give anything away that's going to put anybody in jeopardy. But anything you can share from that experience building the the, the CCOE and and uh, the its subsequent benefits and outcomes that have come from it that that really hone in on that learning aspect, sharing Absolutely. information. Absolutely,
2: that's a great question, Sean. I think first of all, what was really interesting back then uh, from a u.s perspective is i had to fight my own government to show that this was really important because they're like but they're on the border and they should only have tanks and they should only have stingers and they should only have things like the sort of traditional defenses and i said you guys are missing the ball like listen to the people who know more than you do about you know about cyber and you can't go to infantry people detailed to the US European command who that's their whole mindset. And that's their whole security cooperation mindset. I think that was the early wake up call was in 2004, we were I was really fighting like people in my own government were like, you're wrong, and this isn't what they need. And this isn't the priority for the funding. And I'm like, you guys are going to miss the ball because this is the problem. Like, this is going to be the asymmetric warfare problem. And then a year later, they get hacked, like you said. So I think the first learning is listen to people who know better, who are experiencing the the digital threats against them. Um, the other learning was think ahead. You know, like what's coming around the corner, not just you know the obvious of the big bad neighbor uh, that has now invaded Ukraine, um, but it has to be more than that. But in terms of your question about the sort of cyber learning, I think the information sharing since 2008 has gotten so much more um, robust and comprehensive. And I think people have become more comfortable sharing um, their learnings and their information and putting that into the operational plan. So it has been quite gratifying to see. And I can't discuss what's in any of that. That's all classified. But, um, you know, in the public domain, um, to see that the learnings that they were actively you know, sharing have gone into new strategic concepts subsequently on how we, the US and our allies can deal with this better, but also like operationally, like, okay, so what do we do? Like, what is the protocol when someone is shutting down your central bank, you know, or your financial institutions, what are the protocol steps? And then the training that goes along with that, like, you know, I think that's when NATO really started to train on the civil military cooperation, like well, what can we share with the private sector, and what should we share with the private sector, and then to get over some of the legal hurdles from there. So, I think they've learned a lot. But you know, like we say, the, the attack sophistication, the attack surface, as it's commonly referred to in the in the businesses, has become so wide and so deep. Um, yeah, so we have to we have to constantly learn the lessons.
1: Well, I can think one word that kind of summarize what you describe at at least until until the actions that are taken but the old transformation the perception of what is going on the will to say well I know we have always done things this way we always prioritize this and that but maybe it's time to listen to as you said the expert the one that are kind of foreseeing the future And, and and for me that word is culture right? So I, I want to yeah. make a connection with your panel Absolutely. at the RSI conference, but culture takes long time to change. At a societal level, it takes a long, long time, but even in smaller group, it's a process. So um, your your thoughts on that and how this came together, and maybe I mean, is it a culture of accepting the change is the only constant? I don't want to use the quote here, but, you know, yeah, seen that. I'm,
2: yeah, no, it's and it's great. And I think our whole panel is, as you rightly said, Marco, is around the cultural question. And so you have to ask yourself, you know, people are so focused on firewalls and technology and and spear and all this stuff. Like, how do we stop it from, how do we stop it before it gets our stuff? And, you know, we've spent a, a lot of time talking about that, you know, whether it's zero trust in government or whether it's like, you know, uh, socks and, and other types of, of tools. I think we as human beings like easy buttons. This is why diet pills are super, you know, why people spend billions in dollar diet pills, Um, We spend billions in things that, you know, are kind of this easy button or things that we think should fix it. And I think as humans, just on a human natural level, we need to look at ourselves. And I think as much as boards, this is my personal perception, having worked, been on boards, served on boards, seen boards operate. um, I think boards like to they like to delegate things and they like to say, as long as I'm on top and I see what's going on, but they don't necessarily see themselves as the answer to everything unless they're assigned a specific role, right? And I think my panel is going to, I think the two experts that we have um, are going to dive into that. And if I could, I think one of the, if you ask how the how this panel came together, right? So uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to share this story. It's a great story. So Mark and I, Mark Sachs, who's also one of the panelists and I, we found our way, um, we met up with a guy, Andre Szydnarski who runs CyberNation Central. And if you go to his website, you know, he'll tell you the story of how, you know, how his company got hacked years ago and how he never wanted this to happen to anyone else. And I looked at this, having brought in my government experience. I mean, we didn't even talk about all this insider threat work that I've done, both in the private sector and in government. But um, you know, when you when I was looking at what he was offering, um, and what he was, what his research had touched on, what his experience had touched on, and what the company built their their systems around, it was really clear that that was lining up very clearly with what Jen Easterly of Sissa said is the problem, which is human behavior and you know, we have to look at ourselves to do things differently. And I went through his, I went through his protocol and everything. And I since then have always recommended boards and C-suites to go through that because that's the sort of gap between like, you know, what what they are talking about. Um, Is really addressing that gap between what boards learn, you know, they go through the checklist and they have this and they're told this is what they should know. And by the way, most people I know, when I talk to fellow board members, they go, yeah, you know, I have to go to this special training to learn how to be a board member, you know, like they don't, not all board members are created equally, right. And even the ones who are really sophisticated and experienced, they might not have the mindset that it's their job um, to lead that culture. And so I really found Cyber Nation Central to be um, very, like like, have cracked the code. And they were kind of the only ones I saw out there really doing something that address that. And by the way, full disclosure, I get no money. I get no, pay. I get zero referral money. I get no money, not a dime from them. Um, you know, so just want to put funny. that out there. Same, same here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so same. there you go. Um, but by, but you can use my name if you, if you look on the website. But no, seriously, I, I urge you um, to go there because, you know, when you look at where the breaches are coming from, it's like the enemy's us, you know, I mean, then no, the enemy's out there. But we don't have to help the enemy, right? And so I think that this panel and Mark, Mark, you know, he's like me. He's been all over private sector, government at an even much higher level and much more cyber-focused than than you know me. And I think we both found um, this topic of personal responsibility and behavior and culture, leadership culture, to be the missing link in all of this, right? Like. You can't have just the tech. You have to have the tech and the culture and the leadership mindset.
0: Uh, So many questions. Um, (laughs) So so little time. I mean, one thing that's in my mind, and we'll we'll see if we go there or not, but just this taking responsibility. I'm going to leave that sit there, and and maybe we end up back there again. Um, But you mentioned something about being trained to be a good board member, which to me then says we're – in one sense, maybe a good thing, sharing a broad set of knowledge and best practices with everyone on the board. So we all think the same and act the same, which can be good. But I, but then the converse or the uh, alternate to that is every person on the board has their own experiences and and their own uh, expertise that brings a diverse view of this, um, that may actually be better because they, they may represent more of the organization and the people within it. And so I, I don't know your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah. I if um, it's one or the
0: other or both. Um, but.
2: No, I think you're, you're right. I mean, everyone on a board has a role and I don't want to tip off the panel too much, but I know Andre right. is going to discuss like, what does it mean that you have these diverse roles, and what does that mean for your your own cybersecurity? So I think the audience is going to get a lot out of his perspectives, in particular, um, about what that means. Um, I don't think the approach is. I don't think the approach that our panel will discuss is about watering down the diversity and perspectives of the board. It's quite the opposite. It's it's more like given your responsibility, what should you be doing? What should you be thinking about? How should you be behaving? And why that's your job and your job alone and not somebody else's to delegate to. Like if everyone takes the responsibility with their own role, you know, you should have a much more successful um, approach to your cybersecurity. Both strategically and tactically. What do you but think? But again, again, they're going to talk about. It. I'm not stealing their thunder. <laughs> no, yes, no,
0: no, uh, I, 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 no, no, no. That, that's, I'm sure there's a lot to cover. There. Our 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 goal
1: is to tease enough for people to actually come there. And you know if we're going to give away the end, it's not fun anymore. Can't give away so, the
2: end. I will but, say, but, I will say, Marco. There, the room is almost full. So I think there are about 50 seats left. And so depending on this, there may be a bigger room available. Who knows? All right. Um, But I know, uh, I think we're almost, uh, we're just like around 40, 50, shy of 300. So...
0: Very Clearly, great. there's nice. an interest. Let's, yeah. Let's back the room. I mean, it's an important topic, which is why we're yeah.
2: Get we're your on tickets it. now.
0: <laughs> excited and to talk to you. That's right.
1: Get on well, the, the website, reserve, the reserve your seat. Reserve your seat. Yeah. Reserve your seat. Well, I was gonna ask you something Like, I know you don't want to talk anymore or give away anymore about the, the panel, and I wouldn't allow you to do so. It's my responsibility for not to give up too much. But uh what do you expect? from this year conference. Do you have something in mind? I mean, are you are you kind of sensing the the theme of the conference or apart from what they choose, RSA conference, but like what do you think is gonna be the vibe, you know, the the the, the words <laughs> among right. peers in the corridors?
2: Well, that's a really yeah that's that's something I've been thinking about. And this will mm. surprise you, but this is my first ever RSA. So I'm really excited to be here. Um, you know, I'm really excited to um, to promote the panel and promote this information. Um, but I'm also excited to kind of soak it up and take it all in. And I, I I have a lot of contacts in the cybersecurity world, which won't surprise you, as I'm a, you know, my my day job company is a public sector facing. You know, we help companies that you know support the public sector. Uh, a lot of tech, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of policy and governance and, you know, and, and CMMC and compliance and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think people are starting to realize that this isn't a you or a me problem. This is a we problem. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we're no lot, if we continue to work as silos, either as companies, um, uh, private sector and government, Um, You know, obviously there's a competitive constraint, but I think ultimately the theme stronger together is really important because if you have a weak link in your board or weak link in your, in your leadership team, your executive leadership team, that's going to tank everybody. It only takes one, right? Like it takes one mistake, one human behavioral mistake, or one person who doesn't have the right mindset or who is incapable of leading a cybersecurity culture from the top down. I mean, the people at the bottom, they're, they're already being told, hey, don't click on any links, don't click, on any, you know, but it's, you know, the, the folks at the top, they can't, you know, I, I think there's a realization that we keep doing these things over and over again, like we keep trying to get at this problem over and over again, and it's not slowing the problem, like the number of hack attempts or, insider threat or other attempts, that's not getting any less. Like the amount of cybercrime isn't decreasing because we've all gotten smarter over the years, right? We're all armed with so much information, but the approach clearly isn't deterring the problem. So how can we work together in this? And I think we're gonna see a lot of people come out of our panel going, aha, and what? who can I work with? What can I do? What can I take back to my ELT? What can I take back to my team or my board? Um, What can I, how can I partner with, um, how can we really raise our game? Um, And I think by sharing these insights with each other, it's really important. I really do believe in the theme stronger together anyways, a life philosophy, by the way. Um, And and I think, um, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to a lot of people. I'm going to just hear what they have to say, where they think things are going. I think people are at a crossroads right now, again, because the problem keeps getting worse, we keep going to conferences, and we keep doing more and more things. But are we doing the right things? And so I'm Mm going to be listening for what kind of changes are out there, other than, you know, locking down your whole system even more like there's like, is I'm going to be trying to pick up on who out there is addressing that personal responsibility or who out there is addressing, like, how do we work together with other people to, you know, really create deterrence?
1: Well, I know Sean is going to close and make a call to action, but there is one, one sentence that you said that it's kind of stick in my head. It's at least don't help the enemy. I, I feel like <laughs> that's really strong, meaning you don't have to be an expert, but at least know enough, that, you know, together we could we can avoid a lot of things. Don't, don't be so irresponsible, or I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, conscious about what, what we do because we are all potential entry door for
2: yeah. a cyber attack. Yeah, right? exactly, Marco. And I think the other piece of advice is arrogance. I think because we have so many experts, like <laughs> – I'm excited to learn from this like the 50,000 experts that are going to descend and swarm all around me at RSA and pick up the buzz and all the knowledge and all the things but sometimes we get wrapped up like we're promoting ourselves as the experts or you know like I think we need all need to take a humility pill (laughs) and you know like this stuff can really truly happen to anybody. And it is happening almost to everybody, you know, the probabilities are kind of high. So, you know, I think humility and learning and like, taking down the arrogance factor a couple notches will help all of us, uh, no matter how advanced we think we are in the field and how much we know. Uh, I think that that's, I know that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I'll be looking for people who to adopt that kind of philosophy. And, you know, I think there was something like, there've been different statistics out there, you know, CNC on their website has like 97% of breaches are human. Verizon did a study, it's 82. I don't really care if it's 82 or 97. That's way too high. Like, like you say, Marco, like, you know, don't help the enemy. You know, we are, we are too often helping the enemy. So, you know, how can we, how can we lower our own arrogance notch enough to learn and to help each other and, you know, really live up to this year's theme? Yeah.
0: Help, helping the enemy is not the better together. Help
2: each other. Oh. Right. Help each other. <laughs> not the enemy. Right. Not <laughs> the
0: other. All right. And one way uh, folks listening and watching to this uh, can actually start to do that is by attending this panel. How to create a breach deterrent culture of cybersecurity from board down that's Monday the 24th, 940 to 1030 Moscone West. Evidently only a handful, a couple of handfuls, depending on how many fingers you have, a couple of handfuls of seats left. Maybe
2: 40, 45. I, I can't right. remember, but something, something like that. And I and I will say, you know, Andre and Mark, they are truly great to have on stage. You know, they're they're pretty charismatic. They know what they're talking about. So I'm really blessed to have two phenomenal um panelists on the panel and this really is key for everyone whether you know whether you were intending to to step up your game i think when you walk out you're gonna be like oh my god what am i not doing (laughs) you're gonna want to take take action yeah take action
0: i love it that's the whole point think differently take action take action better together i think those those are the three points and with that dana i want to thank you so much i'm I'm thrilled we were able to pull this together Excited to meet you uh, in San Francisco. Hopefully, hopefully we get a chance to do that, and uh, encourage everybody to join your join your session for a, for a lively conversation. It seems and uh, lot, lots of good lots of good insight. And with that in mind, uh, everybody listening, watching, there'll be links to that session and uh, Dana's social profile info, so you can connect with her and her panelists and uh, Grab that seat and, of course, stay tuned for all of our coverage for RSA conference, ITSBmagazine.com forward slash RSAC for this conversation and many others. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on our Chats on the Road uh, to San Francisco, especially Dana. I think we'll, we'll call it there and uh, we'll, we'll see yeah. you all soon.
2: Great. Thank you both so much. I appreciate the opportunity to be here.
1: Thank you. Bye everybody. Stay tuned, subscribe, follow us.